0: welcome to guys guys radio this is your host Robert Manny broadcasting live from Harlem New York City it is Wednesday excuse me it is Tuesday we usually broadcast on Wednesday but it's special Tuesday September 27th 2016 we've got a great show we're going to talk about amongst other things how to be dateable our special guest is Hunt Etheridge he's going to be on in a few minutes and uh I'm going to go out on a limb and say Hunt is a guy's guy also. Um, When men and women can be at their best, everyone wins. That's the rule I abide by and my guide guy, guys, guys movement follows. And I think Hunt follows that also because he looks to help people and his clients become the best version of themselves. So looking forward to getting a, male relationship expert on here we've had one or two in the past but we've had a lot more women relationship experts and I think it'll be fun to have kind of a guy-to-guy discussion on this we can talk about guys we can talk about the ladies we can talk about how to be dateable we can talk about problems with dating situations that we all run into who pays who makes the first move sex on the first date etc 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 If you want to call in and give us a a shout and uh, ask a question, 347-945-5834, 347-945-5834. All of our podcasts for Guys Guys Radio, we're approaching our 200th podcast, are available for you for free. You can listen live on Blog Talk Radio. You can download for free on Blog Talk Radio, or you can listen on iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn Radio. And it just keeps growing. My uh, website, where I put up a weekly in-depth post on a relevant relationship or life, love, and the pursuit of happiness topic is Robert Manny, M-A-N-N-I.com. Facebook, you can hit me up on Facebook, on Twitter. You can follow me, YouTube. And my novel, The Guys, Guys, Guide to Love, which started the whole Guys, Guys movement, is available uh, in some bookstores still. It's been out a couple of years now, but you can get it on Amazon. You can get the digital version or it's only a couple bucks for the digital version or you can get the hard copy and you can read the reviews there. Amazon and all the e-tailers have it. And some good news, I have actually a meeting with a movie production company tomorrow. I haven't really mentioned anything, but I wrote a uh, screen film adaptation for a feature <clears throat> for the Guys, Guys, Guy to Love. It was quite an undertaking because when you have an ensemble type of story in the book and you have to adapt it to the screen, it's a completely different method of writing. Exposition is uh, kind of out the window and it has to be distilled down to one thread, one spine and really about one thing. And uh, it's interesting, similar to the movie, one of the greatest stories in movies of all time is in Casablanca where Rick, the main character, has to make the decision in terms of how does he do the right thing for love and how does he do the right thing for the movement. And by the end of the movie, we see the decision he makes. And in one, in one, uh, in one decision at the very end, by handing the tickets over, he solves both issues and my goal was to set up a similar situation in my adaptation where there's a business issue that the main character Max Halliday needs to address and there is a romantic issue which Max Halliday the main character needs to address and I think I pulled it off we got uh we entered it in the comedy uh bucket in, uh, in a couple of competitions it came in a quarter finalist in the Page International Screenwriting Awards and I think Actually, I think that's a really good sign. I think it would have gone further. But comedy, the way comedy is defined, uh, let's put it this way. The guy's guy's love is kind of a dramedy slash rom-com. And most of the comedies in Hollywood nowadays are big, broad, uh, simple humor. Because Hollywood wants their properties uh, to travel. And when you're dealing with humor, you have to really make it simple. And you notice a lot of the comedies out there now are physical very slapsticky, a lot of bathroom humor, a lot of gross stuff. And uh, that's that's the, the more urbane, sophisticated comedies uh, are far and few between. But we'll see what happens. I also wrote a TV series, scripted TV, treatment and uh, pilot episode, and also non-scripted, Guys Guys Concepts. So we'll see what happens. We're just getting them out there now, and my agent – My literary agent is out there pitching a new nonfiction Guys Guys book, which I will discuss once uh, once we get a deal in place. And I'm looking forward to it. Uh, I think it's going to happen. Anyhow, that's what's going on with me. Let's talk a little bit about what's going on in the Guys Guys world out there real quick, and then we'll bring Hunt on. Uh, Big news is last night we had our big debate between Donald Trump and Hillary Clinton. And, you know, even the networks were touting it as like Super Bowl quality size event. And uh, I was sitting there with my wife and we were looking at each other, raising our uh, eyebrows, like, really? This is so crazy. I mean, I don't know who you're for. And I try to keep an open mind and change is good. But some of the things that old Donald came out with was like, really like, wow. And uh, he he was so uh, rude, uh, interrupting it's really hard to harness the guy during the debate too. They had one moderator and uh, you know, you can't stop Trump. It was an interesting uh, methodology. They had format. They had one question was asked. There was no opening or closing statements, which is good. One question would be asked. And then the two candidates would kind of go back and forth for about 10 minutes on it. Supposedly they had two minutes for each response, but it turned out to be kind of a barroom brawl. And it's interesting that, Uh, Afterwards, people are saying that uh, Hillary really clobbered him uh, and he was flailing kind of at the end and talking about things like Rosie O'Donnell and all. But we'll see. We'll see if that affects what's been a very, very close race Um, and see how that addressed the whole. Does Hillary have the stamina issue? She seemed pretty tough last night. And I'm not a huge fan of her, but uh, she did a good job last night in terms of just strictly debate, uh, much more prepared than him. But, you know, a lot of voters, they want somebody that they can relate to. A lot of people who like George Bush was like, yeah, I can have a beer with him. And that's what they want for the president. And, uh, you know, for me, that's a little scary because I don't really want to have the president like to be my next door neighbor. But and I think that's also why some people don't understand Obama, because he's a pretty sophisticated, smart guy. And uh, but. That's a whole separate issue we're not going to get into. Elsewhere, the world of sports, uh, we're into the week, heading towards week four already of the football season. And so many injuries to players and uh, for the fantasy football pundits where we've got all kinds of injuries and replacement players and guys coming out of the woodwork r- to uh, be stars, at least in a fantasy sense. So waiver wires go up tonight at 2 a.m. Uh, tomorrow, actually, morning at 2 a.m., but people are putting their picks in now and uh it's been a lot of fun i think it's going to be a really fun crazy season um in baseball we had uh, a tragedy uh we're just getting towards the final week of the season in the playoffs but jose fernandez is 24 years old one of the top young talents in baseball was out with some buddies in the boat crashed into a jetty and his life unfortunately is over He was on a miami marlins and uh is digging in now trying to figure out exactly what happened. But regardless, he's gone. And uh, such, a, such a tragedy because the guy had a really live arm. First, he was a 24-year-old male. And that's a shame. And plus, he was super talented. And uh, Cuban defector. He had tried many times to come to the States and uh, finally broke through. And then he made the uh, Marlins organization and he became a star. And he was having a great season. He was injured somewhat last season. He came back this year. He's doing great. And then all of a sudden, bang, The last week of the season, he's gone. What a tragedy. So remember to enjoy every day of your life and be thankful and have gratitude for it because you never know what can happen the next day. Elsewhere, um, you know, talking about, uh, you know, the debate last night again, I want to just go back to like Facebook You know, social media has played such an important role in politics now, Uh, going back to the 2012 uh, election, I think, and uh, President Obama did a great job using it. But, you know, when you go on Facebook and people get really, you know, dealing with people on Facebook back and forth, anybody who has an opinion on anything, it's just so snarky where you have these lurkers or people you don't know. You put a comment up, they trash you. Everybody's got to get the last word in. It's just, you know, Facebook has become so political and I it, I, I, I use it and uh, I, I do my best to enjoy it. But sometimes it's not that enjoyable because just people are so all of their nonsense, all of their anxiety, all of their fear, all of their anger comes out very, very quickly. And people, as Trump got provoked last night, people on Facebook get provoked really easy. So you got to be careful. And politics is a really, you know, it's a hot button issue. So anyhow... When we're doing the whole guy's guy thing, it's about men and women being at their best, and everyone wins. And uh, I personally have to be careful when I'm on Facebook, on my personal page even, because I don't want to get into any pissing matches with people out there, even if they might say what I consider dumb things or get personally insulting. I mean, one guy had a friend from high school, not a friend from high school, actually an acquaintance from grammar school, and we're connected, and I had put a picture up at the Freedom Tower on 9 11. And he actually started trashing Muslims on my web page, my Facebook personal page, and I had to take him to task. And then he got all nasty about it. And it's like, geez, I mean, when you can't post a picture of the Freedom Tower on 9-11, then you know people are getting too sensitive on Facebook. But anyhow, so we have to be careful about that. And we have to be, you know, we have to go for the high ground. So let me talk a little bit about our special guest this evening. We're going to bring him on right now. Hunt Etheridge. He's co-founder of the International Dating Coach Association, DCA. And uh, he has a website called huntforadvice.com, which is terrific. He's joining the show tonight. He's coached hundreds of men and women over the last decade. And he strives to turn each individual, as I mentioned, into the best version of themselves. So he's a true guys guy. And we're on a, podcast together with our friend uh, the single stilettos and uh, dream bachelorette Suzanne Oshima and uh, I think we're on the same wavelength so I wanted to invite him on the show to talk about uh, what he does and how he can help both men and women and so uh, let's bring him on right now and say welcome from Jersey City New Jersey where I was born actually here's Hunt Etheridge good evening Hunt how are you
1: great thank you so much for having me it's a pleasure to be on
0: well, my pleasure too. So, you know, before we get into the whole uh, male perspective on things, how do you like Jersey city? Seems like I've read about you on face, Facebook a few times and it seems like you have a lot of pride in it. I, I grew up there and I almost moved back there before I ended up moving to Harlem. We looked at uh, a couple of places there and my, actually, my last uh, advertising client is located in Jersey city and wow, the city has gone through a major Renaissance and the, uh, it is a terrific place. So you have a lot of pride in it. I know you have a, you run a business there also.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I, uh, well, I originally moved uh, to this area in Hoboken, New Jersey directly after mm-hmm. college, which was God, 17 years ago now, maybe. Uh, okay. And then stayed in the area and met my wife, got married. And then we decided to buy a place and move here to Jersey city. And like you said, I love it. Uh, 17 years ago, not many people were looking at Jersey city, um, with right, exactly, good yeah. eyes. It was almost a, it had become a punchline at times. So really enjoying this new stage of its, uh, its life, if you will. And yes, I, I run a, I started and run a farmer's market in my area. I am the president Fantastic. of the park association nearby and I'm My wife is on a couple of boards, and I volunteer at places as well too because in such a great place like this that is going through this next evolution of its life cycle, we have the ability, if you care, to actually help craft and create the little cities within Jersey City. So it's exciting and heady and wonderful and fulfilling to be able to actually See things that you are doing positively affect the neighborhood.
0: That's fantastic. And where did you come from when you moved to this area, Hunt?
1: Uh, well, I some. grew up in Syracuse, New York. Uh, in between okay. high school and college, I was an exchange student in France, and then I went to the University of Miami for four years.
0: Oh, fantastic. So once you tell our audience uh, so we can get to know you, uh, what was your inspiration to become kind of a relationship expert dating coach and just t- tackle the issue of, you know, that communication chasm, trying to kind of, you know, take that communication chasm between men and women and kind of bring them a little closer together? What was your inspiration?
1: Um, I I didn't have one. Honestly, my therapist pushed me yeah. into it. I was, yeah, I was going to her for various and sundries over 10 years ago, and she told me, and I'll never forget what she said, the men come in here and they're broken and I can fix them. But the thing that they want the most in their life is to have a woman by their side, and I can't do that. You know mm-hmm. more about this than anybody I've ever met. You need to figure out a way to monetize this, and the minute that you do, I will refer all of my patients to you.
2: Fantastic. Wow.
1: Okay, so that's basically what started me along the process. Is there a need for it? Is it something that can be taught? Do I know more about it than other people? Is it something that can be broken down, um, et cetera, et cetera? So that kind of is what started me on my whole my whole path, which is pretty amazing to uh, to be here because at that point, you know, 10 years ago, this wasn't... So much of a field as it is right now.
0: That's true. And what were you planning to do before you kind of, I guess you made a little bit of a right turn into this?
1: Well, I originally came to New York to be an actor, mm-hmm. as did so many people. Sure. And I enjoyed it, did that for a while. And then when I turned about 30 years old, I figured, okay, this was fun. And I started to move into... The corporate world doing sales and marketing, and that's when the downturn hit okay. and was laid off, and at that time, started a few companies with, my, with some friends, started my own company called Hunt for Advice, uh, went back to grad school and got a master's in an MBA in marketing and decided to, yeah, basically at that point for many years, the economy was not friendly to those that sure. weren't in the same field for a long period of time. Mm-hmm. So by necessity, it kind of forced those of us to make our own companies, to make our own way, to, to find the paths in life that we actually were very good at, that we could figure out a way to, to use, to brand, to um, put ourselves out into the world. And been doing this uh, for a while now. I, got, I started my own company, Hunt for Advice. About two years later, I got scooped up by New York Dating Coach, um, became their head coach at their firm for a number of years and still am there. Uh, and then, like I said, founded the International Dating Coach Association Company, as well as one or two other dating companies, trying to reach the most amount of people, help the most amount of people, uh, in the
0: most amount of areas okay that's a great story and you know sometimes these things happen the, the, and at, t- at the time you know with the downturn in the economy and all of that and actually <clears throat> turns about to, turns can turn into a good thing because we become a little more resourceful and get on a path yep. that we may not have uh, explored and it turns out to be really what we're supposed to be doing and you're doing a great job so Thank congratulations you. on that um what do you find as uh, you, know, you, you deal with both, you help both men and women? If, if you could give us a broad percentage uh, without, you know, I'm not trying to really <laughs> dig too deep into your business, but is it more <laughs> guys because you're a guy or is it like 50-50 or does it skew towards male or it what?
1: Fluctu- it has fluctuated in trends over the last decade, which I found very interesting myself. At the beginning, it was mostly men. Um, mm-hmm. And honestly, it was a lot of men that were looking at me as their last ditch effort, their last mm-hmm. hope um, in their fo- late 40s or 30s, divorced or, or just hadn't been in relationships for years. Um, and then they changed that demographic change as online dating became more and more possible for people. They yeah. started having more dates, same ratio of second dates. But they felt as long as they were having dates, they were being successful. So that they right. may before have had two, two first dates in a month and one second date. Now they had mm-hmm. 20 first dates in a month, but still only Not one second date. But they didn't, they didn't mind because it was action for them. That's mm-hmm. when more women started to come in because the men were leaving the, the real world. There, were, there weren't so many much in the bars anymore. And the ones that were there had started to lose their, their social skills had started to atrophy.
2: Mm -hmm.
1: Now I find that there are a lot of, yeah, it's, um, and, I could, you know, expound on that for days. I just found it very interesting. But uh, nowadays my, the male clientele are mostly in their late twenties and early thirties because they've smart enough to realize that if they want to learn something or they realize that they have a deficit in an area, they want to fix that. You want to learn Spanish? Do you get a Spanish tutor? You want to learn tennis? Do you get a tennis coach? So, And it's lost its taboo, which has allowed more people to talk about it. And in New York City, as I'm sure that you know, there are a lot of powerful, wonderful, sexy women that somehow are finding it very difficult to date out there. So yeah. I have younger men and, somewhat, uh, and women in their 30s and 40s. What I'd say right now... I think i have it's about equal right now i think uh maybe maybe one more guy or two more guys than women but it's about equal right now
0: now do you are the issues that you discussing kind of the the ma- male issues of uh you know they're getting some action because of online dating but it's really not going anywhere so they're a little bit fooling themselves and then the women are saying well now the guys aren't out there in the real world so are those the two big issues that you run into? Uh, that's question number one. And question number two is, you're dealing with a little bit older women and younger guys, it sounds like. Are they looking for each other, or are the older women looking for guys their age and the younger guys who are looking for women their age?
1: Okay. Good questions, uh, because that's, those are what is the issues that are going on right now. Um, can you just repeat the first one again? I just got so excited about answering
0: uh, uh, It sounds like the young, the the guys who you originally have been dealing with, uh, the second dates and all of that. So um, they seem like they are uh, succeeding, but they're really not succeeding. And and now the women are having an issue with that because the guys aren't, the guys are doing out online and the women are not seeing the men out in the real world.
1: So one of the things that creates, I'm just figuring out how to phrase this because, uh, as you know, everything is because of something else. So, well, in order mm-hmm. to say this, let me address this. Well, in order to address that, let me go back. So 100,000 years ago, so apologize for my pausing. But um, for the women, one of the things that is creating a problem for them, especially in New York City, is it's a very power-driven city. Um, there's a big business. Uh, et cetera, et cetera. And <clears throat> pardon me, the women that have succeeded in the business world, uh, that usually involves a lot of what we call masculine energy, authoritativeness, um, you, know, self-assured, courageous, risk-taking, physical, etc. And a lot of these women try to parlay the success that they had in the business world, the same way into their personal and romantic world, mm-hmm. and it doesn't translate well. So it confuses True. them and mm-hmm. frustrates them because they know that they are talented and are good, so they don't understand why it isn't working in this one particular area. And now for the gentlemen, many times the people that have searched out dating coaches had zero dates. I've had Bye. many virgins, many never been kissed. Etc. Wow. And mm-hmm. so when they meet someone and they get a kiss or get a first date or lose their virginity, they say, Oh, good, I'm done. Got it. Um, and, and then you know, as a married man, as, as am I, you're never done. You're still <sighs> constantly learning and working on things. Yep. Um, but because this new world opened up to them, and especially with the online, okay. okay One major point I want to make sure I get in is life is about pain versus pleasure. We as human beings move towards pleasure and away from pain. So if a man goes out into the real world and talks to five women out in a bar and four of them don't work out and one does, his win ratio, if you will, is 20%. But he had to go through four pain points to get there. Whereas a man goes online and he sends out hundred emails and only gets one response. His win ratio is at 1% yet. He didn't have to go through any pain points in order to get there. So these men would run from pain so much that they would rather have a win ratio of 1% and no pain rather than 20% with some pain, which boggles my mind. But as you know, in mm-hmm. this world, Make Men's a, egos are are the more fragile than than women's are, and and sometimes they just want to shut down and never be heard again.
0: Now, okay, let's move to the second part of the question. Then, uh, let's let's pivot into that. So, do you find then that um, the older women are looking then for the younger guys, or are they looking for guys their age? And are the younger guys looking for older mm-hmm. women, or are they looking for women their age?
1: I wish it was that easy. I wish that that. That was the way it was because it would make everybody happier. Um, Mm -hmm. But unfortunately, um, you're familiar with the phrase heteronormative behavior. Yeah. Uh, Basically, for the listeners, what that means is heteronormative would be dressing your boys in the color blue, dressing your girls in the color pink. It's gender norms, Mm -hmm. so to speak. Mm -hmm. So the women are still kind of looking to meet somebody their own age or a little bit older. Um, but, and here's the kicker, they want them to be just as but mostly more successful than they are. All right. And that's good in tricky. today's world, when, do you know when the last year more men graduated college than women?
0: It's got to be uh, probably a decade ago by now.
1: 1982. Wow. And every year it gets larger and larger and larger. Mm -hmm. Disparity grows greater and greater and greater. So they're just not, they don't exist. For instance, you got five female VPs and one male CEO. They are all kind of keeping their eye out on the CEO. And even if he's available, there's only one of him. So the women, I call it uh, another way of referring to it as the Disney effect is that women were brought up on the Disney princesses showing Mm -hmm. that if, even if you did nothing, even if you were asleep for 100 years, a perfect 10, not a 9.5, but a perfect 10, would come along, sweep you up, and carry you away. Obviously, they're realizing that fantasy isn't working out the way they want it to. And as for the men, uh, at least for the young men, in, here in New York City, nobody even wants to think about anything seriously, for the most part, until they get into their 30s. So the young women are constantly frustrated that the, the men their age have zero desire to get into a relationship, exactly. serious relationship. Mm-hmm. Which by the time then they are in their thirties, you know, the whole thing starts shifting and changing again. Mm-hmm.
0: So do you find uh, then that the uh, older wo- the women? Not even younger or older, but women who are successful in business. I've talked to a lot of female relationship experts and they all seem to articulate the same issue that they have with the women. And that is the women are doing great in the business world and all of that. And they have to kind of send them to a little bit of dating lady school to get them to kind Uh of drop the curtain a little bit. And be a little more vulnerable and not kind of manage the guy and the whole dating scenario where, you know, let the guy pick out the figure things out about you, suggest the place to eat. You might not be the best place for the type of food you like, but, you know, you got to give the guy a little bit of break. And that's that's like the women are trying to be helpful because they're very capable. And it's like unintentionally risking demasculizing or chasing and scaring the guys away. Do you run into that a lot?
1: I've had almost that exact same conversation, including some of the keywords that you were using. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, one, one of the things that I find it hard for the women to understand is just because we are asking you to be more feminine does not at all mean we're asking you to dim your star.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: When A lot of them think when we say you need to be more ladylike, you need to be more feminine, you need to be softer – is that they're saying, you know, turn into this dumb blonde uh or something like that. And that has nothing to do with Correct. it whatsoever. A man wants to date a woman who is good at business, not a businesswoman. There's a difference there. And secondly, yes, 100%. You have these extremely capable, extremely powerful, extremely just right on women and there's a whole generation, like as we were talking about right now, there are 39% more college-educated women than there are men in New York City. So that's five women for every three men. So they, <clears throat> there are a lot more men that may not be where the other women would want them to be. And I do find this a lot, too, that you'll say I, I at one point had a six-figure – Executive assistant, female, who could plan her life, your life, and everyone's life down to a T. She was on it, and she met a struggling musician. Great compliment, perfect. But exactly like you were saying, like he would try to plan something, and the restaurant would be closed, or he would forget that it to make reservations, or you know all these sorts of things, and she unknowingly took that away and said, no worries, I'll do it. I'll plan it, which exactly, it emasculated him, and he, it, it, he didn't want to be around her because he felt like she was not letting him be a man. And when I was saying this to my client, she was like, what, so I'm just supposed to let him fail and, and, and it go badly? I said, yeah, yeah, it's not going to be perfect each time, and to make a humorous allusion, like, no man wants to sit and talk about uh, your niece's ballet lessons. But we do that because that's mm-hmm. how you grow and bond with each other. Yeah, you might be able to plan it better than him, but if you take that away from him, you're taking away some of the things that make him uh, centered around his maleness. So, Yeah. That's, I mean, that's exactly what I find right now. And one of the things um, I've noticed, too, is that, you know, a lot of these powerful women are also very attractive, you know, these single women, yep. they, and they wonder why, why, why. And I think that what has happened is, is a bit similar to, have you ever played poker? Oh, yeah. Um, so sometimes you just sit on your stack and you wait for your good hand. You get a decent hand, but you, you're pretty sure that you can do better. So you wait and wait, and then your stack slowly gets chipped chipped away and chipped away and chipped away and chipped away. And finally, you have to make a move on a hand that was even worse than the one that you had at the beginning. So they're looking at these future things because they know that they're rising in their world, and they aren't ready to stop that rise, aren't ready to commit to being married, um, I'm not sure exactly what the word that they would use in their own head is, but say holding out for a hero, holding out for a perfect 10 um, because they know they're worth it.
2: Mm-hmm. But
1: by the time they get to late thirties, late forties, not only are they not in the largest pool of dating, as in that yep. they're not the most desirable pool anymore, the men themselves are almost gone because they've all paired up. Uh, And so it it creates a whole new dynamic where they have to decide what is the most important. I sit down and many, many times I will never tell, you know, I tell a woman, make sure you have realistic expectations. The women say to me, I'm not lowering my standards.
2: Mm -hmm.
1: So that's something that we struggle with a lot. And I just, I tell them, I'm not saying you have to, you just have to be honest with yourself. You can either have this list of all the things that you want and your job, or you can have companionship. Something somewhere has to bend if you want. Well, you have to figure what's most important to you. If these tenants are absolutely deal breakers, then fine. You may not couple up, and if that's what you're fine with, then God bless and you know, take over the world, become president. But if you want companionship, if you, if you want to grow old with someone, and as you know is being married, compromise is inevitable. Everyone mm-hmm. compromises. Every, Beyonce and Jay-Z each, in some way, in their own head, compromise to be with each other. So, not, will, not being willing to compromise, not being able to take an honest look at not only yourself, but what's out there, um, I mean, it's necessary. You just you have to be have to be honest with yourself. But you know, self knowledge and common sense were wildly abounding. I would not have a job. So.
0: All right. So let's let's talk. Let's drill a little bit deeper into that, and then we'll move over to the guy. So when you have ladies who are in that situation, and of course nobody wants to dim their star, and nobody wants to settle, and uh, and you don't want to position it to them that they're kind of taking mm-hmm. less than they deserve. What, ha- what happens, uh, you know, when you have these type of conversations, I'm sure there's some, hey, you know, everybody's different, of course, but I'm sure you get some predictable answers. And like, how do they, you know, how do you deal with somebody like this? How do you deal with the women who are, you know, got the type A personality and they're making it, but they're frustrated with the dating game because of all the issues that you just articulated? Right.
1: Well, first thing I, first thing I let them know as a coach is that I'm on their side. I might be mm-hmm. some tough love sometimes, but my goal is to, is to, you know, make this happen for you. Um, a lot of times in these situations, a woman has come to me and they're burnt out. They, you know, what is dating supposed to be? Dating supposed to be fun. It doesn't right. mean it is all the time, but it's, that's what it's supposed to be. But especially in New York, it can seem like a second job. You get home from work, you hop on mm-hmm. match.com or JDate, you make sure you email some people back, you wink at a few other people, it's a bit early because you've got to go out with, for happy hour with your friends to hope that you can meet somebody. And then you've got to squeeze a date or two in there and, and some new experiences and meetups. It's, it can be exhausting, understandable, yeah, though. That's true. So mm-hmm. if you, if anybody... Give us, give, us,
0: give us a success story. Give us a success story uh, because uh, I know everybody's different. But tell, give us, you know, if you can, uh, share um, something sure. that happened when you're dealing with somebody like that, how they, you helped them win.
1: So the biggest question I get from the women is is what's wrong with me? Because they see how everybody's coupled up, or, or they're attractive and stuff too, and it gets into them. So what I do is I tell them you got to re- learn to reconnect with fun, first and foremost, because you if if someone leans over and tries to talk to you and you are bitter and burnt out and cynical, it's not going to go anywhere. So first thing is basically to, you know, to get a bit new agey is to get rid of that bad energy and replace it with good energy. So first, I want them to stop dating for a couple of weeks, two weeks or something like that. Focus in on something that they find fun only for fun's sake because we feel Mm -hmm. guilty sometimes trying to do something only for fun. If you used to sketch, sketch. Oh, no, I could be doing this. I could be doing that. Yeah, but you're not mentally happy right now. So I usually get them to work on something that just makes them happy for happiness's sake. And that hopefully, because it also becomes a a bit meditative. Um, You have to slow Mm -hmm. your life down. And then as you start doing this thing, it gives you more energy, makes you happier with life. Then I suggest you bring that happy thing into the world, into a group. Mm -hmm. If you like hiking, join a hiking group. If you like sketching, you know, go to a local community college that has art classes, um, et cetera, et cetera. Because if you're doing something that you like, your body language opens up, your energy level rises, y- y- your face opens up. And even if there's not somebody within that particular group that you want to date, all of those people in there have brothers, friends, coworkers. they're going to say, my God, dude, there's this woman... In my art class, she's just so vibrant and dynamic and fun, and her smile is like a million mm-hmm. watts. You've just got to meet her.
2: Yep.
1: And another side effect from that is if you are at a party and, and talking to some woman and you say, what do you, you do this weekend? And she says, oh, I just hung out at home and watched some Netflix. Mm, I'm going to find somebody else. But yep. if in turn, you say, Wow, on Saturday I went and met with some of my friends for coffee, and then I went to a spinning class and just walked around Central Park by myself. Sunday I got up and I went to my knitting circle and came home and uh, made myself dinner. like, wow, this woman is interesting. I want to talk to her more. So it serves multiple purposes, and basically once they have a, a better view on life, if you will, Yep. Then that translates into it's all aspects of the world. Dating, the dating world being one aspect of their life. Um, but a lot of them want quick fixes, and and that's not the way it's going to happen.
0: I think you're right on, and uh, also I think it's translatable to other all all issues with people's lives yes. and their happiness is that you have to start. You got to work on yourself and make yourself happy, and love yourself, and forgive yourself, and then you start emanating that positive, you know, the real energy
2: uh, exactly. and, uh, and that's people why I pick say, up on um,
1: Yep, that's why Like my particular, we all have our own niches or, or ways that we work within this industry and my goal is to turn you, like you said earlier, turn you into the most dateable version of mm-hmm. yourself, the best version of yourself. While I know that that will get you more dates, my focus is not on getting you more dates. My goal is to turn you into the type of person that's so interesting and dynamic, it draws people to you. So, Okay,
0: let's yeah i I got you i think right on and good for you um and it's a fresh perspective and i think you're correct let's talk about the guys a little bit now in terms of Mm -hmm. making the guys i think you've mentioned in your on your website and some other things i've read by you about making you know guys become more dateable but also being approachable um Mm -hmm. now uh every guy would like women to approach them because, you know, we have to do the pick and shovel work. Usually it used to be before the internet, you'd have to step up to a woman at a bar or in the gym or whatever. And, uh, say, hi, my name is Lou. And, uh, nowadays, you know, you can, you know, give them a wink online and take it from there. And, Mm -hmm. The, the rub comes when you get face-to-face, you're going to have to have some game. And to me, the best way of having game is to talk to people all the time anyhow, and I think you'd agree huh. with that. And I actually think that yeah. some of the people, the some of the women over 40 particularly, have an advantage over some of the younger women in that they have some life experience and they're used to being in front of people in business and all of that, and they're comfortable, more comfortable oh, with themselves. When I uh, dated even,
1: women that were older than me, it was so refreshing because they were comfortable with their body. They didn't have yep. a lot of insecurities or hang-ups. They knew what mm-hmm. they wanted. I, I wholeheartedly agree.
0: Yep. So how can a guy, how can the guys, and let's do, let's break it into like younger guys, millennials, and then we'll mm-hmm. overlap a little bit with Gen X and even some boomers in terms of how can guys or can guys, and if so, how can they attract women? To approach them, sure. Um, every guy's dream. Now you're a good-looking guy, exactly. so being good-looking is, uh, <laughs> you know, it doesn't hurt. But nope.
1: But I, but I can tell I you, you that, like, too. And I have seen with my own eyes some clients that were five four five male, four four five five balding, um, out at an event and talk to every girl there. Now he wasn't necessarily going to go home with any of them, but he was just out there and having fun and talking to people. And these model looking guys were just standing in the corner, not talking to anyone, looking at him enviously. So yes, while of course physicality does play a part in it, it it's not as large as most people tend to think it is. Mm-hmm. Um, for the millennial guys, one of the ways, to, well for all guys in general, it kind of goes back to what I was saying is like, if you're, out to have, and the, your purpose is to have fun. Then you attract people. But we'll get a little bit more specific. For the millennial guys, one of the ways is sim- well, you need to be different than the herd, and that kind of mm-hmm. goes in in a lot of things. You don't want to be too much of an outlier that people are going, what the hell's wrong with that guy? But at the same time, you. In order to be noticed, you have to be noticeable Mm -hmm. one way or another, whether that's the way you dress, whether that's uh, where you physically stand, whether that's the topics of conversation that you have, Uh, and basically learn to give women something unexpected. That's usually what is going to catch a woman's attention at the beginning because she's looking at all of this, especially when you're young, especially in your 20s. You're usually surrounded by dozens, if not hundreds, of people your own age. So the pool is large and hormonal. So there's much to choose from. And I would say also the same way that a woman should let a guy know that she's receptive or interested in him approaching, the man can do the same thing. If you're out at a bar or you're out at a party – and you're walking by a woman that you think is beautiful, take a second, to stop, look at her, ow, hi, and keep walking. Now, like, three things just happened there. One, she knows you exist. Two, you did something complimentary to her. And three, you walked away. Whereas most guys, predictably, if they see something they want, we are hunters, so go for mm-hmm. it, somewhat bulldozingly. Like just want uh, woman. So mm-hmm. when you show that you have, and we always come back to this word, confidence in who you are, and you just go about, oh hi, wow, yeah, and you keep going. It shows that you're not needy, you're not desperate, you're not, a, you're not at least looking like you're there just for a quick, mm-hmm. quick fling. You are someone that is so interesting. That that girl now feels, wait a minute, everybody comes up and talks to me. What, why didn't he? What's, wait a minute, I've got to go up and find out what's up with him, why he thinks that he's too cool for school or whatnot. But immediately that will catch a girl's attention because most every other guy just wants to come directly up, hey, what's going on? How are you doing? What's going on? So putting yourself outside of that um, is definitely going to at least catch, catch their attention, which is all that you can mm-hmm. hope to do. Yeah, I guess it's also –
0: it's a slippery slope too because some women like – they want the direct approach as long as you don't come up and say you're hot or just get all like physical compliments with them if you have something interesting. But, you know, and if you're a guy and if you just kind of play too cool for school, you know, they'll think like, oh, he's not interested in me. But, you know, three other guys are interested in me and very quickly because life happens, uh, you know, so fast now that they might forget that guy. So you have to be, I think – You know, it's like a negotiation to me where if you want to negotiate, you always have to be able to, uh, your leverage is being able to walk away. So if you're a guy, you need to be able to walk by and know you can walk away. But that doesn't mean you want to walk away, right?
1: Right. But uh, true. And that's where it comes down to correct goal setting. A lot Mm -hmm. of people say, I want to meet a girlfriend. I want to get a phone number. I want want to get a date. I want to go home with a girl. Those are all side effects. Those aren't the goals. Those are side effects. The goal is to have fun, go out and make people smile pretty much. If you succeed in that, then you're going to get all of those things. So yes, Mm -hmm. you're this too cool for school guy, but your goal is just to go out and have a great time with your friends that night. And that's your only goal. That does give you the freedom to walk away from that beautiful girl because that beautiful girl is not your goal for the evening. But because Having fun is your goal. Now you're the type of person that people want to come up with. So I totally agree. It depends on what your goal is and learning how to set those correct goals is, is, is huge.
0: Mm-hmm. So we're kind of talking in a way, um, I'm wondering, it's like cognitive therapy where you give people little tasks and then they start to get good at them. And I'm wondering with the guys yeah. where a lot of guys, they just, you know, they'll go to a bar and they'll get their beer and they wait for their friends and they'll stare at the TV and they'll check their fantasy football, you know, team and all of that stuff. And then, then before you know it, it's 11 o'clock and they've wasted yep. the e- evening. Yep. But maybe what they need to do is, you know, you need to score some singles. Now I'm not saying you go out and you have to get, I have to get 10 emails addresses or 10 phone numbers, but mm-hmm. do you ever give these guys little assignments like, you know, just to get the, their confidence, you know, hit a couple of singles. I mean, I have a three-year-old and I we do some stuff with them where you know because their their behavior uh is is pretty random at that age, and when mm-hmm. they get off track, you have to give them you know straight line things to do, and I'm wondering you know it's behavior and it's cognitive yep. behavior, and also for old people who start to kind of lose it, you know they give them cognitive therapy where they're simple tasks, but it gets them into the uh habit of succeeding, and that gives yep. them more confidence, and then they can be more uh you know, more useful to themselves. So how do, you, how do you deal with some of the guys who are just maybe too shy or afraid sure. to get shot I down really or whatever? Give them,
1: I give them all uh, homework, and mm-hmm. sometimes I go out with them into the field. Obviously, it all depends on all of their um, comfortability levels. But, for instance, for someone that is completely just doesn't know how to do anything, like, okay, the first thing you're going to do tonight is you're going to meet the eyes of three girls and smile. That's it. That's it. That's and that makes it, okay, all right, I can mm-hmm. do that because it doesn't take anyone else. Okay. Now, once you've done, once you achieve that, you've checked that off the list, then you go up and say, hello to three girls that you pass, smile, mm-hmm. then say hello. Okay. You do that. So yeah, they're, you're building up their confidence. You're building up their successes, which in turn makes them want to do more and more and more makes them feel good about themselves other things that I do to try to take their minds off it is I suggest um, bar bingo. I I give them a sheet like your Mm -hmm. goal is to find the person with the longest name in the bar. Find somebody from Connecticut. Find Mm -hmm. somebody that that likes turkey bacon more than regular bacon. And what this does is it gives them a task that isn't related to the actual dating aspect of it. But that and that takes their mind off of it, it, reduces their anxiety level and allow them to play a game. uh, And then that can serve as kind of these confidence boosters and icebreakers. And when I take them out uh, as well, I have to make sure that I give them tasks and stuff. I don't want them sitting there by themselves. That's going to serve no purpose. In fact, it's going to hurt them. But back to kind of something that you had alluded to earlier, I teach them too, you've got to talk to everyone not just the woman that you want to date or marry, because you're here building up your interpersonal skills. You're building up your game. So talk to the guy next to you. Talk to uh, the, 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 the two married women that are on the other side of you. Mm-hmm. Start building up relationships. And, uh, and then if a girl walks in, that is pretty, and you'd love to talk to, you and she sees this, Comfortable guy sitting at the bar, chatting with the guy on his left and the two women on his right. She automatically sees somebody that has social value. And my own personal mantra is that every single person that I interact with has something to teach me. So I come out of every situation deeper, fuller, more interesting, wiser, more intelligent than a, than when I walked into it. No matter how it goes, even if it goes absolutely horrible. Mm -hmm. I have a great story to tell my friends the next day. Or I learned something, I I, I won't do that, I will do this instead.
2: So that way, every single
1: interaction is a win Mm -hmm. for me, and it makes me excited to learn about new people and want to go and meet new people. And each person kind of has to find their own mental trick to to allow themselves the emotional freedom to do that. Mm -hmm.
0: You know, it's interesting, too, for a lot of guys, I think, uh, who are shy – um, or I don't know, I don't want to say insecure, but you know, just shy, just hesitant to approach mm-hmm. women because a lot of times, particularly in New York, you know, they walk by, they stomp by, they got their headphones on or earbuds or whatever, or they just, you know, they know you're, you're looking at them and you want to make eye contact and they're, they're not letting you. Well, little do a lot of the guys realize that these women are so self-conscious about how they look and they have such low self-esteem that, uh, you know, that they are a lot more available and more interested in talking and letting their guard down than you think they would. Now, they might have had oh, bad 100%. experiences or this or that, but a lot of them are, you know, they don't look friendly or approachable at all, but they actually are a lot more approachable than you would think. Do you find that, yep. Hunt?
1: A hundred percent. And this is something I teach the, the men, is that, or at least I found out and now I teach, is that fear of pain is always greater than the actual pain itself like when you want to go to the dentist or you have to go to a work meeting or something like that. Oh, it's going to be horrible. Yeah. Like, Oh, okay. That wasn't so bad. So when I first start taking them out and trying to like, they have that this is going to go this way. She's going to tell me to go screw myself. She's going to, you know, tell me to shoe. She's going to do all, she's going to slap me, whatever it is. So when I can show them physically that this does not happen, it brings that up a little bit. And there's been many times where I have struck up a conversation with a woman with a client in the periphery watching that has headphones on that has gone well. It's all in how you do it. I, you know, I of course kind of a little bit referring to that Dan Bacon fiasco that happened recently where he was instructing men how to talk to women with headphones on. Uh, but if you just seem honest and sincere in what you're doing, most people are going to give you the benefit of the doubt especially in a city like New York City here, everyone has the fantasy of meeting somebody fascinating and interesting at Starbucks or mm-hmm. at the bookstore or on the subway. So mm-hmm. women are hoping and looking for these situations to present themselves as well. And it might be a little uncomfortable for you. And you know what? You're, there's no way you're going to win hundred percent of the time but you're going to miss hundred percent of the shots you don't take. Yep. So like that
0: poker and, game, right?
1: Yeah, yeah, exactly. And one of the things I try to teach so that they can then self evaluate themselves is after every interaction that you go into, when you exit it, ask yourself, what did I do? Right. Cause it's mm-hmm. important to congratulate yourself as it is yep. to improve yourself and then say to yourself, what could I have done better? Not what did I do wrong? because we are dealing with psychology as well. What could I have done better? And all of us could have done something better. And then as you are able to say those things, hopefully you don't continue to make the same mistakes, and you also know that each interaction that you did, there was something you did right as well.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Let's, uh, before I let you go, Hunt, actually there is a call. Now it's a 11111111 number, and I don't know who this person is, but let's put them on and take a chance, all right?
2: Let's do it.
0: Hello there. you're on Guys Guys Radio. Who's calling?
2: Mhm yeah, my name's Joe.
0: Hi, now,
2: uh, suppose my number was nine zero two four five one three five eight five. Would that have made a difference what what's you What's your question? Well, I wanted to find out um, Haven't listened to the show, just got here a few minutes ago, and I'm guessing that the advice to give guys is that if they're really nice guys. Um, good conversationalist, gentlemen, that they'll improve their ratio of pickups and um, and interested women. Would I be right in that assessment? I
1: would I would think so,
2: yes. So that would be the advice you would give the average guy that... Um, it would
1: be one uh, set of advice, yes.
2: Okay. Would that be the foundation of your advice, or would it be something else which would be a little bit more... Um, so we've been doing the show, sir. We've been
0: on for like an hour. So what is your specific question?
2: That's my question.
1: Do
2: the you question have what? anything more substantial than um, than that particular um, foundation? I just asked that particular question. Sure. I don't need if an you... attitude from you. I'm calling okay. in because you guys are giving advice. I want to find <laughs> out if the advice is worthwhile. Now, if you're sure. being challenged, I can't help that. I, in particular... Okay,
0: listen, uh, you know, sir, you can... I don't show think i you
2: guys... want
0: I, I don't want to cut you off, but we're we're just about at the end of the show, and uh, you can listen to the show on iTunes? On I not want to talk listen Radio. to your
2: show. I called in to get... Okay,
0: we had to let him go. I, oh, I wish he would
2: have let me
1: talk. I had many... I could have helped him. He just didn't seem to want to... Hear a specific discussion. It sounded like he thought that we were speaking in two general terms and he was looking for an equation.
0: You know, I've I've done the show for a while, and sometimes I I get a vibe and I put somebody on, and they start, there's this anger starts building up. And, you know, when you call in and there's five minutes left in the show and they start to be presumptive and then they start to get angry, (laughs) it's like it's not. I know you want to help, but yeah, you got to got to go with the flow. Flow on this one. This is that's my call. So if it's bad on, oh, me, it's oh, bad on me, I'm I, sorry. I don't want people.
2: Not at all. I I believe I've gotten he did sound people coming on
0: and really really being a, out there, and um you know, I'm starting to draw a tougher line where they got to. get People call in. That's great. They want their name, a specific question, and not being like presumptive. Like uh, so, that's your advice. Is that it? Is that it? So, anyhow.
1: Uh... Well, it's just kind of on that note, too. It's just I have, I have found, and it's unfortunate, some men look at women as resources, and they don't have access to those resources. And by not having access, that makes them very angry because they see other people that they look at as less than themselves, which isn't correct, that do have access to this. So it is unfortunate that, Yet The things that I've been talking about are self-betterment, and they can help resolve these anger issues as well, too. And women are not resources. And, yes, you have to build on yourself before you can actually become the type of person that a woman wants to spend time with.
0: Mm-hmm. All right. Well, listen, this has been fantastic, and I didn't even scratch the surface with all the questions <laughs> I had for you. So maybe, uh, maybe we can have another discussion uh, again in a couple of months, and uh, it would be great would to have it. you back. And, uh, and I apologize about the caller thing, but, you know, that's just one of those things. And, uh, you know, that's my judgment. So no, tell, tell our audience uh, where they can find you, Hunt, and um, all, what you have to offer, what else is coming out. You mentioned you're writing a book. What are you writing a book about?
1: Yep, yeah, um, Right now I'm just kind of writing a book, uh, more of a general book, so I can make sure that I get something out there. Because that's one of the things mm-hmm. that has hindered me is, which, what's the voice? Do I write my opus? Do I write? A, he's just not that into you. And mm-hmm. as you know, as a writer, too, sometimes you just got to write. Yep. Um, so right now, I'm just basically kind of putting down, it's going to be a book that's geared for men. And it's going to be kind of basically styled along the way that I coach my clients, along with the different sessions and things that we can look into, exercises, calls to action, things that they can do. and and ways to to explain things because you have to know and understand something before you can improve on it. So trying to finish that up right now, you can go to my website at huntforadvice.com. I've got dozens and dozens of articles all over the place that have been um, aggregated on my site. You can follow me on Twitter at huntforadvice.com. And, yeah, I think that's it for the time being.
0: Fantastic. All right. Well, listen, Hunt, I think you're a great guy. You're a real guy's guy and you're doing good work and you base it on some science and you kind of blend art and science together. And I think you're helping out a lot of people and I want you to keep up the good work and let's stay in touch. And again, I hope an invitation. I'd love to have you back.
1: Great. Thank you so much for the opportunity. And I'd love to be back at some time as well.
0: All right. Be good, Hunt. Okay,
1: folks. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.
0: That's our show for this evening. Uh, Hunt Etheridge, our uh, our special guest, and he did a fantastic job. And next week we also have a uh, we have a male dating expert, um, David Wygant, and um, I think we'll have a terrific show then. Also, uh, again, I'm sorry about the caller, but you know, people, uh, I have to use my instincts. I've gotten burned on. People calling up and just getting crazy on here and uh, starting to draw a tougher line. So I hope you bear with me on that. I don't like to cut callers off, but um, we don't need any pejorative challenging of, uh, you know, me or my guests. So anyhow, hope you have a great week and uh, look forward to uh, talking to you again next week. We're going to be on next Tuesday again. And remember that guys, guys finish first.